What's shaking, YouTube nights? Welcome to Lords of the Long Box presents the uh, cover price comic book shakers of the week. I uh, hope you guys are having a fantastic Thursday. Hoping you guys enjoyed Moon Knight last night. And uh, man, tomorrow's Friday. Can you believe that? So that can only mean one thing, right? Freestyle, freestyle Friday. So uh, let's kick it off with some uh, freestyle music, shall we? We it. shall. Happy Friday, everybody. Because you know whenever there's Freestyle Friday that we have to have a freestyle rap. The baddest on the microphone apparatus is here. When I rock a rhyme, often eyes are dropping a tear. It's so beautiful, it's America's landscapes when this man makes lyrics like the syrups that you pour upon your pancakes. My mandate is to grip minds like a handshake. Spit Orlando Lakes and go skinny dip with the fan base. Over any damn breakbeat, I hastily make pastries tastier than anything that Wolfgang makes. So take notes out of suckers, I make coats, lump of sum like Bubba Gump fishing on lake boats. I take jokes and turn the comedy into drama. I'm bagging on your mama. I'm Jeffrey Dahmer behind ya. I'm a rhyme writer. Lock, stock, smoking the ganja. Rebuttals, befuddle, leaving a puddle of saliva, sillies. You couldn't handle Randall when I throw my grammar at you. It hit your head and you would think I threw a hammer at you. I point the camera at you like Herb Ritz. Develop it, then use the pictures to pick up bird shits. You're nervous is the impervious wordsmiths. Hanging out in Rafa's new crib, come with the verses. Yeah. Yeah. What? Oh, 
yeah, that's how you get the party started to wake you guys up. Shout out to I'm always impressed the- by Randall and his rap skills. That right. guy's amazing. I love that guy. I, like I keep telling people, Rand- Randall Park was part of a rap group in the mid 2000s. Google it. Um, I forgot what their name was, but they were like, um, in the hip hop world, you would call them like backpack rappers. You know, people they didn't they didn't rap gangster rap. They weren't talking about this. They were just like uh, kind of spitting ill flows, uh, this that and the other. But shout out to everybody in the live chat once again. This is the cover price comic book shakers of the week. Uh, we're um, sponsored by our friends over at CoverPrice.com. Sign up for a two-week tre- uh, two-week free trial or six ninety-nine a month. After that, for your price guides, collections, and trends, the top ten, the movers, and this here shakers list, which we have uh, carefully selected some, and uh, you may see some heritage books because uh, there was a huge heritage auction that uh, broke some major records. So it's also sponsored by our friends at Key Collectibles for all your CDC facilitating facilitating and signature needs. Um, they also press and clean. Go to Facebook.com, Instagram.com, forward slash Key Collectibles. Show is also sponsored by our friends over at KRSComics.com. Use discount code of LOTLB to save 10% off any Karis, Karis Comics exclusive. This drops tomorrow at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. This is the Obi-Wan Mike Mayhew cover, and methinks this will be hot. Because um, we all saw how Star Wars 2 has been uh, kind of blowing up, right? So, uh, you know what? You may want to set your alarm for 9 a.m. if you're on the East West Coast and uh, noon. Well, hopefully you're awake already if you're on the East Coast. <laughs> Not but judging. Never, yeah, not judging. Hey, I, I love to sleep in as much as the next guy. But uh, this is the cover price t- uh, shakers list. This is, comes from our friends at cover price, focusing on new sales or sales of the most interesting sales found on their cl- exclusive daily shakers list. So this list changes several times a day. So make sure you check it out to review some of the hottest trending books on the market. So after we go over this random list of 10 books, we will go see what's shaking today. And it's always fun to see what's shaking today. Um, I don't think this is an over list, but maybe a one for list or two for list, um, you know, uh, because there are some crazy book, but there's some pretty popular books on here as well. But there is one that is an absolute ghost that, uh, yeah. But let's get right to it, boys and girls. JB, start us off. What do we got as our first shaker? I'm going second, but Gabe starts. Oh, us no, off. Gabe. I'm sorry. Gabe, go ahead. Let's kick this off, man. Let's do it. So, number one this week on the shakers list is this awesome Age of X Men Apocalypse and the Extratix number one, David Nakayama, one in 50 variant. While this may appear to simply be a gorgeous, high ratio variant from the fabulous David Nakayama who, by the way, is a super cool, nice guy. Uh, If you haven't read this groovy comic book, it's set in an alternate future where X-Men, a.k.a. Nate Gray, has created a utopia for mutants. But it's also a world that doesn't know what love is. Enter Insabob Newell and his mutant team of extracts to challenge the word of Nate Gray and bring love back into the world. Unveil, who only exists in this alternate X-Men timeline, was the highlight of the series. She was a fantastic power set where, per Marvel fandom, she can release and transmit into psychotropic mist, making her 
insustainable while her substance can connect the minds and emotions of other people. Unlock repressed memories, conceal the physical presence of people, and shield minds from detection or manipulation. She can also transport herself and others to long distances with her mist. This is a pretty powerful mutant power set and one that should fold into the 616 multiverse. However, speculation around her isn't even a key driver of this week's high sale of a raw copy going for $324. This odd X series confused fans and underperformed upon release, making this 1 in 50 variant one difficult comic book to find. The fact that it is done by one of the comic's hottest artists and has a cool uh, first appearance, well, that's just a groovy comic book, baby. That's yeah, I've, I've never seen this before, and um, I always kind of, um, you know, I see David Nakayama's signature, and I always think it says Sona for some reason. Gabe, you know, any, what's the, what's the origins of that weird signature that he has? No, I haven't heard anything about it before. Yeah, but if if you look right below her leg, you see it says yeah. ONA, and then it's like, I think it says Sona. And I always figure, who's this artist named Sona? And it sounds like it's David <laughs> Nakayama. So, all right. So, yeah, this is an odd one, man. But $324 for a raw dog, that is nuts. Age of X-Men, Apocalypse, and The Extracts, issue number one. David Nakayama, 150. I just think everybody thinks, uh, I mean, from, you know, everybody's going to be in uh, Into the Multiverse of Madness. And so uh, that's why I'm, I'm wearing this. Uh, Noel Lane Forest, you see this? Yo, this is the cape that uh, Tavo, the character, should have in Dreamwalker number two. So I uh, see. Maybe not the Ayo Agamotto. You may get in trouble with that, but you could probably use something else. But uh, all right. So uh, next, first on the list Age of X Men, Apocalypse and Extracts, issue number one. All right. You ready for your first offer? Definitely an offer, but a very classic comic. Are you guys ready for this one? Next up, we've got Captain America Comics, issue number one, originally published in 1940 from Marvel, and the first appearance of Captain America was recently sold through Heritage Auctions for over $3 million. Damn! Now, the near-mint copy of this comic sold for three. Million one hundred and twenty thousand dollars on April 7th. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, this particular issue came from a well known collection commonly referred to as the San Francisco Pedigree Collection. The issue was graded at 9.4 from 1940. That's crazy. Now, this exact comic had sold for nine hundred and fifteen thousand dollars in August of 2019. The value of this book almost tripled over three years, showing a $2.2 million appreciation. This sale and the sales of several other key books through Heritage Auctions indicate that the value of comic books on the secondary market has continued to increase. Many speculate that this increase is fueled by the COVID-19 pandemic and the explosion of interest in collectibles. Another critical factor is the rise and prominence of the key characters featured in this issue. This pre-World War II book features the first appearance of Captain America, a.k.a. Steve Rogers, his trusty sidekick Bucky Barnes, and the dastardly Red Skull. With the popularity of Marvel's cinematic universe, Captain America has become a household name. 
This issue was written and drawn by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. This makes Captain America Comics number one the fifth highest selling comic book of all time. Now, the current record was formerly held by Amazing Fantasy 15 from 1962, which is the first appearance of Spider-Man. However, that was bumped due to CGC's recent announcement of an 8.0 private sale of a $5.3 million for Superman number one. Now, the third and fourth spots are held by Action Comics number one, the first superhero comic and the first appearance of Superman. Big time books. So that that's crazy that that Superman book sold and it was through Mile High, Mile, Mile High Comics. And so if you think about heritage auctions and all the um, seller fees you have to pay. So, man, selling it, you know, person to person, save yourself a ton of money if you can do that. Because typically, you know, wherever you go, whatnot, my slabs, eBay, um, you know, you're going to pay a premium or at least some um price for it um but apparently mile high had sold this you know and uh you know i don't know if you've ever been to mile high comics website but uh man or their ebay man most of their comics are not as advertised is what this is what i'm saying so um so uh shout out to the black comic lords man they, they said that Ap apocalypse extracts book comes up quite a bit in discussion on the black comic lords community so uh go peep out the black comic lords uh youtube channel uh you know um, maybe I should be on there, right? Black Comic Lords, Lords of Longbox. That sounds like a right. perfect synergy to me. All right, so uh, Captain America Comics, issue number one, sold for a cool $3.1 million. I wonder how he paid. Like, um, like he wrote a check. He was like, hey, let me PayPal you. Was it cash? Was it a wire transfer, a bank transfer? Came I mean, over with a big uh, briefcase. Just a, big, right? just a big bag with a like, dollar sign right? drawn on, on it. A big, a big bag of like small bills unmarked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, man. Five gallon water jugs full of nickels. That's pretty amazing, man. That just shows it, man. This, uh, yo, there's no bubble. These books are, people are really uh, paying big dollars for this, man. I'm waiting All to right, see uh, when these action comics come back around because those ones that sold a couple years ago were like crazy money at like three million. I think that Nicolas Cage one went for can only imagine oh, yeah. what that would go for today yeah. yeah anytime there's a heritage auction you're gonna see some crazy sales i'm still baffled by the marvel spotlight number five that i think sold for two hundred eighty thousand. i think that, that 9.8 that came out yeah. not too long ago yeah that's yeah. crazy that's crazy that is crazy more than moon knight and it hasn't even come out yet it just shows that you know people are waiting all right Tito, all right before so we go give us your best dr evil on the recap on this one uh, my best Dr. Evil. You know, come on, what? on the three million. Three billion dollars. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry, I don't do a good Dr. Evil. All right. Uh, so uh, next up on the list, you know, you can't be a shaker show without having some pre-code horror. So what do we got for number three? Here we go. This is the fun stuff here. Love this cover. Uh, this is Crime Suspense Stories number 20 from EC Comics in 1953. Johnny Craig was one of the kings of horror. With his unique naturalistic style, he was on his A-game when bringing this cover from EC Comics to life in 1953. The year before the comic book industry demographic had a significant shift, pre-code horror is making a gruesome comeback and has been on a tear during this unprecedented market. As new collectors enter, as new collectors enter the genre-driven space that is comic books, we've covered this book 
rifle with murder, mystery, and mayhem in the past. A perfect example and evidence by the whopping recent sale of a CGC 9.6 at $31,000. People are willing to pay a premium for this classic book filled with a multitude of stories that depict some of the darker tones of the day. Luckily, there is a wide range of tiers to jump in for jump in at for fans of the artist's stories or genre, with raw sales ranging from $400 to $1,400 and CGC copies from $500 to the aforementioned $31,000. This book is available for the right price and collector. The scarcity and high quality books due to numerous read-throughs, the passage of time, and year-over-year growth keep this book's prices rising. But don't give up hope when out at your local LCS you may just spot it behind the counter or on the wall. No okay, way. But I don't know about you. When I was at WonderCon, I saw a lot of pre-code horror. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's definitely made a comeback. It's Wait a minute. Yeah. Right in here. Tell me you saw any pre-code horror in 9.6. No, also no. the no, no, no. Not, they're usually beat to no. dirt. They're really <laughs> yeah. rough. Like we, I've talked about it before. You know, these things survived. You know, book burnings and they survived wars and paper drives and just the you know uh, Frederick Wortham kind of oogie boogie that happened uh, over the comic book industry at the time. Sody. yeah, and just to see these things come back around and, and just even survive, they're mostly ruined and really beat up. But at this nine point six, this is again, this is a this is a time machine kind of book. Exactly. This we'll is this, this, this is evil. This is uh right here. That's this is this. This is got me with the going back in time right here. Yeah, you got to get that gem, dude. Yeah. I'm just saying that two out of the first three books, the number two book was a nine point four from 1940, yeah. and the number three book is a nine point six from 1950. Where the he- somebody has a time machine. It's How nice. did they keep them in this condition? I don't. Yeah, because there was no bags and boards back then. I don't I mean, know. You know, you just they just had to take care of it. Maybe they framed it or something. But it's pretty amazing to me. I mean, uh, but yeah, man, that just kind of adds to like the the the, the patriotism of these kinds of books when they come exactly, out high grade. Exactly. It's like, how did this happen? Like, did this ever exchange hands? Was this just stuck in someone's like, yeah. you know, some kind of uh, like footlocker for you know sixty seventy years? Yeah, it was in a stack of. Time magazines or something, and then oh wait a minute! I remember a few years ago there was a story about um, somebody bought a house and then uh, they had left a dresser there or something, and they went through the dresser and underneath the dresser in one of the drawers they found an Amazing Fantasy fifteen or or one of those books. It's one of those stories that you know it just you know once in a lifetime thing. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays. Everybody is a comic book collector or speculator or flipper or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, if mm-hmm. you hear of an estate sale or a garage sale, I guarantee you there's people there looking for comic books. Uh, hoping that, yeah. <laughs> hoping that that person doesn't know what they have on their hands. So, um, you know, the day, like, if you ever watch uh, Storage, whatever, storage, storage Wars, storage, yeah. storage and, Wars, yeah. Um, and now everybody goes to these storage auctions and they're super packed out, apparently. Yeah. yeah. So I actually talked to the one guy. Um, he's kind of the bigger, uh, large set fellow with the with the son. With the um, son, yeah, that dude's cool. 
So I actually, he had a, he had a, he was at the Orange County swap meet and he was selling some stuff. Right. And I asked him about the story about the comic books that he had bought. He is one of the first ones that actually in storage wars to find like a, a storage full of like comics. And he says, I regret selling them at the time that I did. You know what I mean, uh, yeah. cause a lot of them don't well, And then the other guy that has the, the wife, I mean, he ended up buying comics and got hooked on it and then has his own store. And it, I think he's down in San Diego. Um, uh, I forgot his name, but he has his own YouTube channel where where they, and he has like 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 CGC comes to his house and everything. I mean, so I mean he's I mean his secondhand store sells nothing but like you know dollar bin books, but he but he sends a lot of stuff to CGC. I mean he's been finding a lot of stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm envy. But anyway, uh, crime suspense stories. It's weird how it's just one word, suspense stories. Issue number 20 from 1953. A cool $31,000 for the price of a uh, car, basically. <laughs> uh, this is the house for a, a, for a mansion. This is the house of, this is the price for a car. <laughs> All right. Uh, get ready for another over, boys and girls. At least I think so. Man, before we get to this one. Shout out to Matt DeVoe and all the writers at Cover Price because this is another fantastic one. Wait till you hear this one. Dead World issue number 10, originally published in 1988 from Caliber Press. Now, we live in a world where the first preview image is not only relevant, but at times considered the true first appearance. Before there was the Crow number one, there was Caliber Presents number one with an eight-page original story of the Crow. But before Caliber presents number one, there was Dead World number 10, featuring the first image ever of James O'Barr's The Crow. See below. Teasing the character's upcoming appearance. For decades, this issue has been highly undervalued. Even recently, as The Crow number one escalated in value, this issue and its variant have remained obtainable at 50 to 100 bucks raw, and $600 for a 9.8. Well, today, Raws are reaching 150 and a 9.8 hit an all-time new high of $750 for the regular cover. Now, the variant is pretty fantastic and is much harder to find. That's the it, variant right there. That's the variant. Um, okay. Yeah, I have never seen that one before either but it looks pretty dope uh but yeah i've never seen this and that is one gnarly cover so uh if you got dead world issue number 10 yo uh post on instagram and tag me and show proof of life and i'll send you a marvel low price i need like today's i need today's newspaper with your picture of your face holding it like newspaper what the hell what's a newspaper yeah somebody somebody printed the internet yeah, but that, nowadays yeah, really the world of defakes, anything is possible, right? They're just like, you know, put hit this, that, and that. All right, so uh, Dead World, issue number 10 from Caliber Press, $710 for a 9.8. Um, this, the, these are no longer surprising me, and this that's why this list humbles me, because I find out about stuff um, that just I never knew about. Um, so what's next on the list? Coming up next is Dragon Ball Special Sneak Preview Dragon Ball Z special sneak preview from Viz Media 1998. After Dragon Ball failed, uh, after Dragon Ball's failed initial run in the United States in 1989, which launched concurrently with the highly undervalued first appearance of Dragon Ball in comics in magazine number 43 from Antarctic Press, the general public 
was graced with this dual preview almost 10 years later, aiming to capitalize on the incredible success of Dragon Ball Z, creator Akira Toriyama looked to familiarize American audiences with the story that took place following the uh, the protagonist Goku as a child. Uh, tying these two stories together did just that, propelling Dragon Ball to new heights amongst American audiences and offering a more comedic version of the story that resonated with younger audiences. Aimed at children and meant to be read passed around and shared this book in high gray is scarce with only six, only six on the CGC census and only two 9.8. This book rarely comes up much less than a 9.8 with two recent graded sales of a 6.5 going for $175 and this week's 9.8 for an incredible $2,550. With new information coming rapidly regarding the new Dragon Ball movie, fans have this uh, storied franchise on the brain. However, this high price might steer collectors back to the much cheaper, if you can find it, first appearance of Dragon Ball in comics with the aforementioned magazine number 43. Um, thanks to Topper S for finding the first U.S. appearance. This is cool. Yeah, uh, I mean, these books seem to be more and more prominent on our list. Um, uh, books based on anime, manga, yep. and uh, video games and movies, right? Um, that's why I think uh, a great spec would be Avatar The Last Airbender because the new series that's coming out, right? When the movie came out, nobody cared, but there is an Avatar The Last Airbender comic. And I think uh, they they just uh, did some uh, additional casting for it. So hopefully it'll wash the taste out of our mouth of the awful movie from M. Night Shyamalan that uh, did the oh. Dragon Ball Z. Or excuse me, the Avatar movie, The Last Airbender. And uh, also, let's give a special shout out to the awful Dragon Ball Z movie that made also, which was a waste of Chow Yun-Fat's talents. Oh, my God. How did, Chow, how did they get Chow Yun-Fat to be in that movie? Uh, and Money. Just, Paycheck. Yeah. I guess poor, poor. I mean, it, it, it. I mean, we, 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 we have a tendency in to look in terms of in our comic book world, right? Um, where Dragon Ball Z, and uh, is worldwide. I mean, everybody. I mean, it's in multiple languages. I mean, it, you know, kids, adult. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, you know, nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine, when you were younger. Now. People have grown up to be adults, and we've talked about this. Once they become adults, they have disposable income. And and uh, Matt DeVoe we talked about it in his cover, uh, on his cover price panel. It's a lot of nostalgia buys for people who are adults now that have jobs and hopefully have disposable income. And they're like, you know what? I remember this when I was a kid. I want to buy it. And sure enough, they did. So Dragon Ball Special Sneak Preview, Dragon Ball Z Special Sneak Preview. From Viz Media. Viz Media shows up a lot on our list. So, uh, man, don't don't sleep on these Viz Media books, man. All right. So halfway through the list, boys and girls, let's hear from our sponsor, MySlabs.com. Are you tired of paying 10, 15 percent or more for selling your slabbed and raw comics? Join the one percent revolution. The platform designed by collectors for collectors just got even better. MySlabs.com is proud to now feature dedicated sections for both raw cards and raw comic books. Browse over 100,000 slab collectibles authenticated by the industry's most trusted grading companies. Then check out a massive selection of sealed wax and now raw singles and raw lots. Join a passionate, no-nonsense community 
of nearly 50,000 members and enjoy some of the best buyer and seller protection in the business. And as always, MySlabs offers one of the most disruptive pricing models in the hobby with seller fees as low as only 1%. So the next time you're forced to pay 10%, 20% or more to sell something from your collection, head over to MySlabs.com. The low fee marketplace. Buy collectors for collectors. Yeah, if you want to see, follow my slabs underscore comics on Instagram, and they'll show you like you know somebody sold a book for you know you know ten thousand dollars, and they only paid X amount of dollars in fees. So uh, I have a submission of seventeen slabs that I promised I was going to do a video for. That half of them are going to go onto myslabs.com on under my account, but. Uh, I haven't done a video yet, so I, <laughs> it's kind of like one of those things where I'm gonna do a haul video and immediately sell them. So uh, yeah, so <laughs> you, you got to do, man. You got to do it. I had to do it, man. But I've been so lazy and allergies that I was like, man, I haven't done a haul video. So I promise you, folks, maybe tomorrow I will. You know, maybe I'll do a haul video. I, nowadays, it's like so tedious to do a haul video. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody does them too. I hear you. Yeah, when I back in the day when I started in 2015, it was a whole setup. I used to do DJ mixes and this, that, and the other, edit, and it take hours of your time. And now it's like maybe just go live and just show them. You know, it's just like, jeez, uh, you know. All right, let's go on uh, next number list. You th think you may know this book, but look carefully at the fine print. Nah, you don't have this one. All right, next up we've got Iron Fist issue number 14, but the 35 cent variant originally published in 1977 from Marvel Comics. Now, in 1976, Marvel nervously tested a price increase from $0.25 cents to $0.30 cents in six test markets. They distinguished this new price with different colors or shapes. You know, a starburst was the most popular. Now, deemed a success, they decided to try it again in 1977 with another six markets, possibly only a four or five for the $0.35. Cents with a price increase from 30 to 35 cents. Now this time the difference was quite subtle as they kept the same look and style of the 30 cent copies and simply replaced the price. Now while Marvel fully adopted the 35 cent price, these low printed pricey variants are quite rare. They have generated some of the most valuable Bronze Age books like Star Wars number one and this issue of Iron Fist number 14, the first appearance of Sabretooth. This modern grail hit a high of $6,000 for a CGC 7.0. Now, what's notable about this sale is how it outsold all grades above it, except for a 9.4 from 2016, which still holds the all-time high record of $8,365. Now, we would expect that to resell for closer to twenty-five grand today. That is Oof. nuts. And I, I love the way that how it's worded on cover price, too. It's a regional price because that's what it was. It was it was like you said, it was only on test markets, just like the uh, uh, Mark Jewelers insert was only available, I believe, on military bases. Right. I mean, so mm -hmm. the the scarcity, you know, top of that with it's a key issue. First appearance of Sabretooth. But uh, after we go through this list, I'm going to go look up at Star Wars. 
because uh, that to me is you know the grail of all the the price uh, I guess you can call it price variant or at least the regional price you know that's that Star Wars number one for a while it was it was uh, it was a bit there but I think once Disney Plus uh, breathed new life into Star Wars I'm gonna go look at the price on that uh, so remind me when we go look and see what's shaking today I want to look up Star Wars number one and see the uh, the regional price on it so uh, there you go so Iron Fist number fourteen the thirty five cent regional price. Variant? Eh, I don't know. I'll just call it regional price. I think here's a chance for everybody to get on the list, right? Yeah, this is a good one here that might be on in your collection, everybody. We got NYX number three. This book need no doesn't need any introduction. But either way, this is from Marvel 2004. Fun fact: uh, Laura Kinney's first media appearance was on season three, episode ten of the X Men Evolution animated series in 2003 and was voiced by Andrea Lipman. However, the first appearance of X-23 in comics came to us right here in NYX number three, which which exposes her abilities but leaves out her entire origin story. The story of NYX is dark with mature themes in which she works for a quote-unquote businessman named Zebra Daddy, it's the first time where we are introduced to the character that will later become known as Laura Kinney in comics, a.k.a. Wolverine's daughter. Well, she was actually cloned from Wolverine by the mutant geneticist Dr. Sarah Kinney, so she is more like an adopted daughter. However, we don't learn that until her origin is later explained in her miniseries X-23. There are also two other miniseries, X-23 Innocence Lost and X-23 Target X that further explore her origin and answer the questions of what happened to her before the events of the NYX series. NYX NYX issue number three saw a 9.8 sell for $2,040 this past week, which comes close to the all-time record $2,200 sale from January of earlier this year. Yeah. And I had the most recent sale up there of a thousand for a nine point six. And yeah. I have a I have a question for my pa- my guests and everybody in the live chat. Is it NYX or is it Nix? Because this bases this is based on a character uh, whose name is uh, Kaiden Nixon. So I always think it's short for Nixon, which would be Nix, right? Is you know what I'm saying? I've I'm always the- said NYX. I don't I've always heard I... Joe Casada and everybody else refer to it as NYX. Okay. There you go. That oh. answers it then. Yeah, because it is. I mean, this is based on the character. Her series, you know, is Ka- Kaiden Nixon, uh, who. Fortunately, nobody cares about. <laughs> they don't care about X twenty three. So uh, NYX issue number three from uh, two thousand and four on the list, shaking them up. All right, get ready for another O for boys and girls. And I hope, oh, you have your, I hope you have your spinach ready. Get your O for ready. Next up, we've got Popeye issue number one, originally published in nineteen forty eight from Dell. Now, the first solo titled Popeye comic features the story. Were there ever any pirates around here? In which Sweepy asks Popeye that question and then proceeds to dig a trench around the house to protect them when Popeye confirms. Now, Sweepy might have been onto something because this comic hit pirate booty status this week with a raw copy sold for a record high of $1,000. Now, writer and artist Bud Sagendorf was the assistant to Popeye's creator, E.C. Seeger. 
He certainly believed the story was a treasure because he dedicated his life to creating and promoting the Popeye mythology in comics, toys, and games from this issue in 1948 until he retired in 1986. Thanks mainly to Sagendorf, Popeye has persisted in the imagination of several generations. And taught you as a kid to eat your spinach so you too could have gigantic forearms, uh, but no <laughs> but no biceps at all. Um, yeah, Popeye, I mean, we all grew up on Popeye cartoons, right? You know, Popeye, Mighty Mouse, um, and the Popeye very, movie with Robin Williams. Very underrated with, with Robin Williams. He absolutely yep. nailed the role of Popeye, you know, rest in peace, Robin Williams. But if you remember, there was a Popeye movie and it was a... Uh, uh, Robin Williams. What was this laugh? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I always tell you guys like Popeye, Disney comics, those things there, there is a huge collectible market of people who collect not only comics, but people who are like, say, collect Popeye stuff or Disney stuff or any, or Looney Tunes things. And then they see comics and they go, well, I have to have that as part of my collection too. So, uh, you know, wow. Popeye number one. Uh, seems to be that seems to be a good price to me. A thousand dollars for not from 1948, dude. For a, a big character, like a, a definitely a character that's known around the world as Popeye. Yeah, this seems like a pretty yeah. a pretty cheap price for a raw book. I'll probably butcher this, but uh, I will gladly give you a hamburger today if you pay. If I if no, uh, I'll gladly oh, pay you shit. Tuesday for a for hamburger, a hamburger today. today. Sorry, there you go. I was gonna say, <laughs> I know I was gonna butcher that. All right, so Popeye number one from Adele Comics in 1948. All right, this one is a weird one, and uh, um, almost like weird why it even showed up because it seems to be uh, like five years too late. But what do we got next? Yeah, this is coming back from from the dead, basically. So we got Sons of Anarchy number 25. This is the one in 50 photo variant cover, which is super cool, from Boom Studios 2015. We often talk about rarity playing a significant factor in helping a variant disappear from online retailers. This is one of those books. The series was directly connected to the successful TV series of the same name. The comic series was favorably reviewed despite only being accessible to avid watchers of the TV series. It's safe to say that most stores were not ordering 50 copies of issue number one, let alone issue number 25. At this point, stores were more likely only ordering copies for pull customers. This, of course, creates a perfect recipe for one valuable variant down the road. This week, a rare copy of this photo cover came to market and sold for $214 raw, destroying the affordable $10 it last sold for in June of 2021. Low print series are still doing this today. Find those niche comic series with large fan bases, sneak out the high ratio variants, and then wait it out. However, books like this take an incredible amount of patience to pay off. I was a huge fan of, of Sensei Anarchy with the uh, suitor was the, uh, the showrunner of, mm-hmm. um, and, um, I, you know, Jack's char, what's his name? Uh, Charlie uh, Hunnam or whatever his name is. Hudlin. Yeah. Hud had I no idea so. who was Australian. Um, cause you know, cause you know, you know, you hear him talk, but sometimes, uh, Australian or British actors, they have a very, very uh, vanilla American accent, right? And if you watch Sons of Anarchy, once you realize Australian, listen to his, his his speech patterns, and it's not normal. There's some actor. 
I always said this, uh, English actors and Australian actors or actors, you know, where American English isn't the, you know, their native tongue, uh, they can do accents, right? Uh, they can do Southern accents. I mean, if you look at, uh, was it Benedict Cumberbatch, who just got nominated an Oscar for that uh, Western that he did, where they do Western accents or Southern accents, mm -hmm. when Liam Neeson was in that movie with... Um, Next to Kin, very underrated movie, boys and girls. If you haven't seen Next to Kin with Liam Neeson and uh, the dude from, um, 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 God, who am I thinking about? Help me out here. Uh, I didn't see from, it. I didn't see it. No idea what, what movie this is. Uh, so, next, jeez, uh, I'm getting a brain fart. Um, he was in uh, Roadhouse. Uh, what's Patrick Swayze? Patrick Swayze? Patrick Swayze, yeah. So Patrick Swayze is a cop from like the Appalachians, right? Um, and he goes to New York City. And one of his uh, people die, and his kinfolk, which is Liam Neeson, comes up from the Appalachians as this wreaks revenge. And he had, and Liam Neeson does this really weird kind of uh, kind of Kentucky Appalachian accent, uh, you know, but it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. Uh, you know, and it, 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 it still goes with the age of time. Um, I can't say the same for roadhouse. I saw roadhouse when I, actually when I was in Vegas <laughs> and I was back in my room and I, and I watched roadhouse cause it was on TV and I was like, this is awful. What was I thinking when I was watching this when I was younger? I thought this was a good movie. I mean, it, I guess it's it's so bad it is good, right? But it's so 80s over the top. It is just like, man. But why, that movie's watch, great, dude. I love Roadhouse. Watch Roadhouse <laughs> now as an adult, and you'll just be like, wow. There's some, you know, obviously, you know, you can rip a man. You can kill a man by just ripping his throat out. But, you know, <laughs> other things. You have a knife just, in your boots. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, it's just crazy the stuff that they do in that film, man. I was just like, wow. But you know what? I couldn't take my eyes off it. It's kind of like you know, car accident. You drive by on the freeway, you just can't stop looking at it. But uh, Sons of Anarchy number twenty five. For a while now, people are like saying he would be a ba a, a great Ghost Rider, right? You know, they just said because he rides a motorcycle, and <laughs> you know what I'm saying. That's all it takes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, same with what's it, same with Daryl from The Walking Dead, right? He drives a motorcycle on a, on a, sh a show, literally, where he drives a motorcycle around the country, and people are like Daryl next to him would be a great Ghost Rider. There you go. All right, Sons of Anarchy number twenty five, the one in fifty photo variant. Good luck finding this. I have never seen this before. All right, uh, down to our last one, boys and girls. But stick around because we're gonna see what's shaking today. What do we got for the last one? All right, before we hit that last one, if you are hanging out with us and I know you're having a good time, make sure you hit that thumbs up. Show us your appreciation. It's super simple. All right, here we go. Last one on the list for tonight. We've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles issue number one, but it's the game edition exclusive from Tony Vargas, originally published in 2016, and that's important. Now, no one could have ever imagined the success IDW would find when it rebooted the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in 2011. Originally planned to be a 12-issue run, this iteration officially became the longest-running Turtle series when it surpassed issue number 73 and is currently on issue number 127. There were an astounding 15 covers when the first issue was released in August of 2011. Now, the game edition was released in October of 2016, five years later, and as an exclusive to the TMNT Shadows of the Past board game. That's right. The board game was initially funded through a Kickstarter with the lowest package starting at 90 bucks, but there was also a package called The Works, which went for 150 bucks 
and had an excellent pizza box cover. The only issue to come to market so far recently sold for 150 bucks, and it's quite an amazing price considering the game itself can be bought for much less, either brand new or used. Also, there is a version labeled Limited Game Edition, which was only included in the Works Edition of the game. There's no way to tell the print run on the Game Edition variant, but there are very few of the board games currently for sale. The key is to find one in mint condition. Yeah, I've. This is. Uh, I am of the age where t- I was a fan of the original um, kind of magazine format, black and white, before they became pizza eating cowabunga guys. When it was a darker comic um, from Mirage Studios. I mean, you know, you know. I mean, obviously, Turtle Power has just probably reached its low point when uh, Vanilla Ice did a music video for it. Right. I mean, that's probably. You mean the high low- point? Uh, I guess the high point or low point, <laughs> depending on how you look at it. But, uh, um, you know, I wasn't there was a I'm trying to think there was a remake not too long ago. Right. Where they where did they CGI the turtles this time instead of putting them in those giant foam suits? Uh, I'm trying to. Remember yeah. The, the movie with um, well, what's her face? Megan Fox. Yeah, there oh. are. They're um, like CGI in there. Yeah. But we it's one of those Megan. ones where it's, like, it's real people, but then they CGI over them kind of thing. Yeah. It's like a little bit of both trike tracing yeah so uh yeah. wow we have a megan fox reference on the show wow where has she been wow all right so uh that's the list boys and girls don't go away we're gonna see what's shaking today as i do the seamless transfer over to the cover price website and see what's shaking today boys and girls while you guys are waiting make sure you uh, hit that thumbs up subscribe and all that other stuff i guess all that uh, yada people... yada stuff by the way this tea this Ninja Turtles series is fantastic. If no one, if you're not reading it, you're missing out on some fantastic, great comic books right now. Yeah. All right, boys and girls, let's see what's shaking today. You see my little picture up there, uh, my little uh, avatar. Okay, this was the top ten that we covered on Tuesday. Every Tuesday is six p.m. Pacific. Make sure you tune in live if you're listening on the rewind on uh, podcast. Uh, these are the biggest weekly movers. Wow, that was pretty cool. Actually, West of Sundown, that's uh, House of Secrets 92 homage. That's pretty dope. Uh, but we're here to see what's shaking, boys and girls. And uh, I can already tell you, I have three of those, I do believe. Really? Oh, yeah. I got I two actually of those. Showing things. off again. Actually, two of these Ultimate Fallouts I just got back from CGC. So uh, beware. What'd you get? Oh, have, have you not done the you video have to yet? Watch the video, find out, man. <laughs> you you, you got to pay to play, man. Yeah, you got to pay to play, man. Uh, Spawn is always a fan favorite. I remember when this came out. This is the Trade Smart exclusive Todd McFarlane variant. Look at that. Kind of Day of the Deadish, uh, I want to say. Um, but uh, whoa, $1,400 for a 9.8. Wow, that's a, not bad. That's not even the highest one. The highest one sold in uh, for eighteen hundred for this. Spawn continues to defy logic, man. Uh, even those spawn collectors are hardcore, dude. They are. They are hardcore, and who knows when we're gonna see a movie. Um, speaking of Disney comics, I told you guys uh, this is Disney Donald and uh, Mickey Merry Christmas. Aw, how cute is that? From Firestone dealers and stores, so uh, you from from uh, Firestone tires, so uh, one thousand dollars and a nine point two. So uh, what? Back in nineteen forty-seven, if you bought four tires, you got this thing for free or something? Something like that, man. Uh, who <laughs> knows? Oh, this is dope. Here we go. Digging this. Look at that. Oh, 
Don't miss The Ghoul Strikes Marvel Tales number 93 from 1949. $1,100 for a raw comic from Marvel. This is the Marvel's pre-code horror stuff. What, did this come out? Yep, 1949. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I rarely ever see those come online. Speak of the devil, Spawn. This is Wait, the newsstand edition, oh. as noticed with the down there. Thousand dollars for a zero point zero, whatever what the that means. Hell, is that mean? I don't even know. But the highest known value is sixteen hundred dollars for nine point eight. For a while, let me show you this. This was the kind of grail for spawn collectors. The black this and white. Yeah, yeah, the black and white. As you could tell, Ooh. twenty twenty one hundred dollars for a nine point eight. If you ever see this bad boy, this is it. And there's some other random variants that go for like three thousand. Just ask Kenny Golden State. He he found some for like uh, three dollars, and he flipped them oh. for three thousand. That's right, yeah. And we're gonna keep with the uh, the theme here of kind of uh, nostalgia N and comics. nostalgia is... cartoons. Yeah. Hey, look, look, Gabe, it's Gold Key. Oh, we know the guy that owns Gold Key. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, WonderCon. Yeah, uh, Jetsons number one. Property. The first appearance of the Jetsons, $995 to 7.5. Telling you, all nostalgia, boys and girls, all nostalgia. All right, uh, I know why. That's the second here. print. Second uh, first print. Reprints the first full appearance of Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. This is the second print, all new Marvel point one. $912 for a six. It's a nine six. For a nine six. I'm telling you, although, you know. Kamala Khan may not be a cup of tea for all of us because, you know, we're grown ass men, but there's a lot of young girls and young people or just people who collect that just, uh, and, you know, and I think once that series comes on, I think the book is going to go even higher than what it already is. So um, let's look at some of this. Oh, that is gnarly as hell. Ghost Stories, Scotland Yard and Terror's Grip, The Hunters and the Haunts. Wow, look at We've that. got bondage, we've got headlights, you got all kinds of stuff going on. We got hangings, wow. we got all kinds wow. of stuff happening. We got Man, poison. There is some crazy stuff going on here. This is from uh Ghost Comics number seven from Fiction House, nineteen fifty-three. Nine hundred dollars for four point five. Uh, that's the only one, too. So good luck with that. Uh, Ghost Rider picking up some love. Let me see what's up with this other point one here. These point ones have been hot. This is the one in one hundred variant. Yeah, yeah. This is the Nick Bradshaw black and white one in one hundred variant. Look at that wraparound cover. That is dope. Uh, first appearance of Sam Alexander Nova, nine point four or so for eight hundred dollars. So uh, people are totally specking on Sam Alexander, Richard Ryder, all of them. They're man. both. So, They're all going to be in there. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked me on Instagram, like, you know, what was I talking about? What Nova Prime? Nova Prime appears in first appeared in um, Annihilation. Nova Annihilation Conquest number one, uh, where he kind of takes over the, uh, you know, all the he gets all the powers of the Nova Corps. Um, before we get to this, this is one of my favorite books. First, one of the first appearance of Hellboy. Um, I actually was going to buy a copy at um, at WonderCon, but he was asking too much. First, first, first full appearance of Hellboy, black and white, uh, six eighty five nine point eight. The first actual appearance, I do believe, is a is a dime press book from Italy, uh, of all places. I think uh, I believe is what it was. <laughs> But this is back when San Diego Comic Con used to have a give out a comic. So um, I had a copy at one time, that I, and I had Mike Mignola sign it at San Diego Comic Con, and um, so I, but I sold it unfortunately. But it's still wow. one of my favorite books to go out there and hunt if you could ever find one. Uh, Metazoo, issue number one. What the hell Never is heard that? Of this. this is strange. Look at that. 
Very Pokemon. Magic is real. Real magic no, is everywhere. It, it, I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, if you Pokemon people know that isn't a Glizzard or Gizzard or whatever the hell they're called. This uh, is 2021. 6, this is new. What the yep, hell is this? $690 for a, a 9.6. Anybody in the live chat knows what this is. If this is related to, it just says Metazoo Cryptic Nation. There's a little QR code on there. Um, it, it's got to be some type of game uh, related to some game that, you know, millions of people play. Um, some in the live chat, you know, probably knows because our live chat are some of the smartest people out there. Um, oh, horror. that mystery is crazy. Code horror. Sounds great. Stanley <laughs> awesome. Tales of horror and suspense. Mr. Mystery. That's the best thing about these books is just how hardcore these covers were. Like whatever your kink is, six hundred dollars for a raw comic. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can the see colors why. Are dope though, nineteen fifty three. Yeah. That 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 is nice. I, I'm going to tell you, man. The the pre code horror stuff has some of the best covers, uh, better than the superhero covers because they went all out and they went lots of color. Um, but I could see how you know. Uh, nuclear moms if you know what a nuclear mom is a stay-at-home mom in the 50s who you know took care of the kids and the husband and then a little jimmy brought home a comic with the, a head you know like this <laughs> <laughs> and then that led to selection of the innocent and uh all that good stuff and congressional hearings and book burnings and all that stuff uh let's look at this man since star wars is always in it that is a dope cover is this a, a cool first cover. cameo yoda yeah. Yep. Yoda, Yoda in the shadows. shadows. $650 and a 9.8. So stoked for the Obi-Wan series. I cannot wait for that. Um, so uh, they pushed speak- it back a week, though, right? But they're going to release two episodes at once. They pushed it back a couple of days, I thought. It's going to be on Fridays instead of Wednesdays. Because oh, I think okay. the way they want to line up is to have Marvel on Wednesday and then Star Wars on Friday. Oh. I'm good. Um, that's yeah, all. So. <laughs> That's yes. a, what else do you want, man? You know, exactly. Marvel one day dedicated and Star Perfect. Wars another day dedicated. Speaking of one Kenobi, this uh this drops tomorrow, boys and girls, KRS Comics exclusive, Obi Wan Kenobi, Obi Wan number one from Mike Mayhew from KRSComics.com. Go to KRSComics.com tomorrow at noon Eastern, nine Pacific. Use discount code of LOTLB. Save yourself ten percent and get this gorgeous cover. I have a feeling this is uh one of those things that's gonna sell out. Go. Where, yeah. he, where's the Marvel team up in there? Is there a Marvel team up in there? Yeah, somebody uh, in the chat's asking about that Marvel team. Number 62. Why is it shaking? I don't know. Where is it where at? Is it? Am I missing something? Did we pass it? Maybe we Let's passed see. it. No. Is he just making more. stuff up? Are we being gaslighted? Are we? Yeah, he's messing with us. Yeah, he's now. making us look things up, but maybe we'll look it up yeah. later. Um, uh, there's the usual suspects. Warlock, I'm telling you, don't sleep on these warlock books. This is a which one do you here. get though? When he's actually warlock? When he's him? When he's in the cocoon? When he? I when he? When's all. the one to get? It's too I hard to all. tell. It's 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 all of them or none of them. You yeah, know, like it, is it the cocoon? Is it when he gets out of the cocoon? Is it the Thor story where he's just a, in a diaper? Yeah. 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 So this is the origin yeah, the of Adam Warlock. Books? First appearance of Adam Warlock as warlock uh so there you go uh this marvel premiere run there is a lot of great issues in there man if awesome. if you ever want to do a little nice little complete run of something go for marvel premiere uh um, yeah you know, it's a Cost nice your fortune <laughs> yeah now but back in the day well what is uh, what's the highest book in there what iron fist and is that even really that no there's a bunch of good stuff in that yeah run, man. at one time uh scott lang too is a part of the marvel premiere run um right um 
This is a dope cover. Miles Morales, Spider-Man number one, the Garrett Garbit Garb Garbit Garbit variant. Jesus. I'm gonna bet uh, he's French and it's pronounced Garbet. Garbet, yeah. The Garbet variant, one in fifty. Wow, nine point eight for six six six. Hail. That's dope. Hail Satan. That's Damn, right. nine point six. I have this. Uh, this is a second appearance of Moon Knight. And, you know, if people can't get Warp by Night 32, get number 33. Sure I kind of like this cover more than the 32. They're just fighting on the ladder underneath the helicopter. How cool is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is an 8.0. So for $553. Wow. Tell me, Moon Knight has gone crazy. It's, it's such a good show. Speaking of accents, like Oscar Isaac's doing a great job bouncing between the accents. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Jake Lockley just made an appearance. Um, but I, I, I don't know, man. I think they're kind of playing around with the character a little bit, and maybe they're kind of kind of combine Lockley and uh, like the Bush. So spoiler mm. alert: there's a scene where Stephen and Mark talk to each <laughs> other, and they both and they both said, "I didn't do this." Mm-hmm. And yeah. There's only other one persona that that's left, right? Which would be uh, what's his name, Jake Lockley? Yeah, Jake the Lock- cab right? driver. You had a cabbie. So, uh huh. Yeah, so I've but I think they're playing them to be a little more darker. Wow, lots of Moon Knight books on here. Moon Knight 25, impossible to find 9.8. Uh, but Good this luck. guy did. Good luck. Even the picture has has dings on it. I think <laughs> what, you're telling me somebody somebody found 9.8 in that, yeah, $396. Pay him, pay that man his money. Yeah. yeah, and back then they didn't nearly have like the the quality of you know printer now supposedly. Oh, maybe they're talking about this Marvel team. There right it now. is. What's going on with that one? So uh, I do believe this is uh, so. This is a thirty cent. This is thirty cent cover price. Uh, Three hundred forty nine dollars and nine point eight. And what I do know about this book is this is the first uh, meeting of uh, Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel and Spider Man. I do not know that for sure because I went and bought it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, but you Did know, you put when this I found on out... this list with your purchase. No, I didn't buy it. I already have it, man. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't have the 30 cent cover though. Um, more Star Wars on here. Yeah, we've talked about this book before. That Sailor Moon. Like, yep. Yeah. Sailor I saw Moon. that at WonderCon, but they were asking like 900 bucks for it or something. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. This is, I mean, if I guess only Sailor Moon fans are really knows what this was. This is Sailor Moon to San Diego Comic Con 1998 pink foil. First U.S. Sailor Moon, three hundred sixty dollars for a raw comic. Let's see how much a thousand dollars for nine point eight. How much did you see it for, Gabe? Nine hundred, but it was it was raw and not not high grade. Like it was oh, not yeah. a nine six nine eight. Yeah, you know what? We rarely ever get a journey into mystery on this list. This journey into Ooh, mystery yeah. number one twenty two, three hundred forty nine dollars for nine point two. Still 9.2 from 1965. Yo, I can't wait for the uh, trailer to drop for that. Uh, Speaking of the devil. This is uh, under, I think this is an overlooked book big time. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, nine eights are like 300 bucks. Like that's that's yeah. pretty expensive. First cover appearance of Jane Foster is Thor. Um, I told you a story when my friend, the big to-do, um, was at um, Hall H panel when they announced uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, and Jane Foster would be Thor. Everybody got on their phones and started buying them up off eBay. That oh, yeah. book, yeah. Uh, I haven't. I know what this is on here because there's a movie coming out. I don't know if yep. you guys get seen out the of here. Yeah, Love Bob's there's, Burgers. <laughs> there's a there's going to be a, a, a theatrical movie based on this. So this is uh, Bob's Burgers number one. Uh, 9.8 for $300. I would have never guessed it, but you know, people are just saying, hey, if a movie's coming out, then it has to be something, right? Gotta be um, something. Canto. 
this supposedly is in development. Uh, we don't know when it's going to be, but hold on, uh, this... hold on. Who, who? I thought this was like one of those um, Will Smith and his wife production things. May it might be on hold, right? I don't know. I'm just messing mm, with you. I don't know. <laughs> I thought I thought this was a purchase by Will Smith and his wife. Yeah, they I think were the it's ones coming. To, it's coming to Netflix, so uh, we shall see, man. I mean, you know, it's his production company. They can do whatever they want with it, man. So uh, that is a cool cover too. I'm digging it. Um, one, uh, one more book. And we were, I think Gabe and I were talking about this with somebody. I think maybe Otto uh, about how uh, how uh, Frank Miller changed his style and did for the art and the panels from how the they do not do this anymore in modern day comics um is when they they he used to show panels of like doing backflips and they would they would there was the uh, there was that way that they showed how people did it in comics in the 80s maybe up to the 90s whenever somebody threw a punch you would actually see a trail to show the action which Mm. is something they don't do anymore at all yeah and i miss that you know maybe it's an old piece of you know timey art that people you know but um you know you would actually see a trail to show that you know this is a punch coming from this direction yeah. but in speed lines. i think 184 185 there's whole panels of him doing like backflips and jumps and fighting the hand it's it's absolutely fantastic so this is obviously first appearance of electra 275 dollars for a raw comic that's that's not expensive. That's really good for this book. But five, uh, but nine point eight for five grand. So that's that's <laughs> yeah. good luck on that one, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Good luck on that. That that is what is shaking today, boys and girls. Thank you guys all for joining us. Uh, for held you captive long enough, JB. Any last words? No, just thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate. It. This is like my whole YouTube gig right now is doing this show, and I I really appreciate it. So thanks for having me. Anytime. Gabe, any last words? Uh, thanks, everybody, for showing up. Thanks for having me on. You can follow me on Instagram, Gabe Loves 90s Comics, and uh, see you guys next week for some more shaking. That's right. I will probably see you guys on Sunday for Letters of Longbox with Mikey Sutton. And I promise I am going to do a haul video of some sort, be it live or pre recorded. I got about uh, 16 slabs that I got back from CGC, and I will show them. I have to show them because if I, if, you see, back in the day when you do haul videos, it's like you, you waited to get a stack of stuff and then you couldn't put them away until you did a haul video and then they would just pile up and pile up and pile up. <laughs> you know, But I stopped doing that with my regular comic hauls and stuff like that, but I just do hauls for slabs now. So we'll see what we'll get. Um, so until uh, next time, boys and girls, keep digging in them long boxes and peace out.
Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. Update. Um, what's in the box? 